G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and what we're going to do now is Matt and I are going to go through some of the Twitter questions and considering how uh, inexperienced, I guess is one word you could say, <laughs> we are. <laughs> no promises how useful these answers are actually going to be. There we go, uh, but we'll do our best and uh, see if we can help out a few of our listeners. So first question is from uh, Fantasy Nerd at AFL Fantasy Nerd. Uh, we're looking at uh, how much consideration should we take into possible DPP additions in round 6, 12, and 18 in the draft format? In draft. So the draft format is the interesting one there for me because in, sa- in just regular salary cap game, do not pay any attention to the DPP possible add-ons because you just don't know what their role is going to be. Yeah. And uh, one that we were talking about the other day was Rory Lobb. Uh, Now, he's one that everyone is certain will step straight into AFL Fantasy, play as a Ruckman, and get instant Ruck status in round six or seven, whenever the uh, the first is announced. But he's coming back from injury. He has not played all Mm preseason. He's got a groin injury, which has been hampering him since (laughs) last season. Yep. Who's to say he actually steps straight in and plays as a pure Ruckman? He That's very, a very physically taxing position. He very well might step straight back in, play the role he played last year, which saw him left as a forward. Um, Dawson Simpson might be taking that number one Ruck role for a little bit longer this year. And that means that you're stuck with Rory Lobb in the forward line as a, a speculative forward pick that you thought was going to become your number one, or one of your Ruckmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just not scoring quite as highly. So I mean, you never know. He might come in... Mm-hmm. And he might play ruck the whole year. Yeah. But you just don't know. And in salary cap, you don't have to take that risk. But in a draft league... In ooh, a draft league, you might have to take that that's, risk. Yeah, that's that's a little bit different. So you probably draft Lob a little bit higher than just a regular forward who's coming back from a little bit of an injury and has the possibility to score half decently. Um, you draft him a little bit higher because Ruckman are incredibly thin on the ground. Um, and that's yeah. a valuable position to have someone who can score well when he's the number one ruckman. So, uh, yeah, the draft format part of that question. I'm a little bit torn on this one, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could... Yeah, the, the worry for me is whether or not they actually uh, fall into the role that you think they're going to fall into. So a lot of those players have already been situated, especially in ultimate footy. They've already given, as an example, Connor Blakely back status just in case. Uh, Rory Lobb is a ruck in. They've given him ruck status in ultimate footy. But in AFL Fantasy, they've gone a a little bit lighter on those because they know that they do their uh, DPP selections Um, mid-year. I I wouldn't take too much uh, stock in it. I I would draft as per normal. Yeah. Look, I think, to be honest, it depends on context. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a league where you think people are going to be paying a lot of attention to it, then either you have to pay a lot of attention to it or you disregard it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends who else is being drafted around and what your position's like. So if you if you already have all of those spaces covered and you don't really need to draft someone to fill those positions, yeah. then obviously you're not going to pay attention to it. Yeah. So I think it's, it's very situational. Yeah. So uh, we'll move on to the next one. Hope that helped out. Uh, this one's from Fantasy Nerd as well, actually. Uh also, is this the year that Callum Mills breaks out? Price at an average of 69. Could see him moving into more midfield time, especially with Dan Hanabry out, uh, which could see a score increase. I agree 100% with all of that. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if he's going to have a breakout year in terms of what you're maybe thinking. I don't think he's going to step straight into the midfield and be a 90 and he's to 95 average. For me, he's not taking Hanabry's role. No. If anyone is, Heaney will. Uh-huh. Heaney's a year ahead of him. Um, and Heaney's probably more suited to that outside role yep. after playing as a forward. Um, Mills, I think, is almost too valuable to them off halfback he's, with his decision-making and his delivery, particularly if McVeigh doesn't start the year. That's, that's the big thing for me. And I think that that actually helps Mills and also Jake Lloyd scoring. Mm. So whenever uh, McVeigh wasn't playing, both of those players actually scored significantly better yep. last year. So Callum Mills, for me, I think this could be a, a bit of a breakout year for him. And he will get some midfield minutes. Yes. It will increase, but I don't think he will become a midfielder this year. Because this is his third year, like we've said, and I think he could easily step up to average around about 82, 83 this year which is a big jump a huge from jump. 69. But that's the sort of jump that you take in your third year around about then when you're a player of Mills' uh, sort of class. Yeah. So I, I have no issue saying that if you want to jump on him in draft leagues because he might be a bit of a sleeper and other people will let him fall because he's only averaged 69 last year, mm-hmm. great choice. I think it'll work out for you. And if you're looking at him because he's a little bit underpriced in salary cap league as a stepping stone to someone else, as a mid-pricer... Yeah, I think he's a stepping stone. I don't think you finish the year with him. Of course, but he's a a mid-pricer who will score pretty well on your field as well. I think he will increase in price. So I really like that, actually. I really like Callum Mills this year. Great question. Um, Next question is from uh, Nick Callahan. We're a a good friend of the podcast. He's asking, uh, how do you rank some of the other top 10 draft picks? Chera, Stevenson, Cofield, etc. Assuming from last year. Yeah, so I think we've already talked about uh, Stevenson, Cofield, Cofield Clark. Yep. We even touched on Norton. Norton a little bit. I think we've actually covered a lot of the top 10. Um, Last week we spoke about Luke Davies, Uniac. Uniac. We Ray talked about Shaw. Rainer. Um, we talked about Rainer today. We talked about Dow today. But the big one that Nick mentions here is Chera. Yeah, that's the one no one's talked about yet. Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about it yet. Well, there's a reason that no one's really talking about Chera, and that's because, A, we haven't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that generally means that he won't be playing at the start of the year. But, B, he's not going to be that right-away plug-and-play fantasy guy like Uniaki like uh, Andrew Brayshaw, yeah. like um, even Nick Cofield in the back line, I think that he could be a, a really composed young man and, and start scoring well yeah. in his career. He's coming back from injury, isn't he? Yeah, shoulder he is, injury? Yeah. yeah, so he's had an injury last year that he's coming back from. I think he's training. I think moment. he might have played in the secret... Um, oh, the secret derby. The secret derby. That's a game we didn't actually cover off, but I... Uh, because it's secret. Nobody yeah. knows what happens. <laughs> Absolutely nobody knows. Well, footy rhino knew. So, That's uh, true which is how we keep abreast of all of our uh, fantasy information because he is the uh, the champion, the legend of uh, fantasy footy podcasting. But in terms of Chera, for me, I would not be looking at him this year uh, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, no salary cap, no redraft, probably not even nope, keeper. I, I wouldn't take him to keep a league either. I think he's going to slip. He's someone that will probably only start to come into prominence second, third year. Um, I don't know if I agree with that entirely. I think he he will get games this year, mm-hmm. and I think he will show a lot, but I think there's better options available mm-hmm. in redraft and salary cap for sure. Yeah. Keepers, I haven't seen anything, so I, I don't know. And, of course, Paddy Dow as well, we uh, we already talked about. I mean, even to go a little bit deep, uh, Aiden Bonner, he's not going to be a fantasy guy right away. No. Darcy Fogarty, absolutely not a fantasy guy right away. I'm not sure if he ever will be. 
No, um, and then you've got like Jarrett Brando, who's a tall. Um, no. Yeah, so just in terms of last year's draft, we've already really gone through a lot of the guys yeah. that we think are going to be pretty in well. In terms of ranking them, mm-hmm. we won't do that now. No. Nope. But just a bit of a spoiler, we had already considered possibly doing that next week as a little bit of a bonus segment. Definitely, so yeah. um, we're considering doing a ranking of the draftees from last year yeah. for next week. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes out for a, maybe a surprise secret bonus podcast, just as secret as the uh, the secret derby last weekend. Um, next question comes to us from uh, Magnus Cormack-Smith, who's uh, asking us. Yeah, Magnus. Good on you, mate. Uh, which tags are worth picking in AFL Fantasy this year? And second part, also, I'm in a startup keeper draft. Is Jack Higgins worth taking in the top 100? Obviously, Magnus, big big Tigers fan, mm. big big uh, Richmond yep. fan. So we'll do part one first. Yeah, and that, I'm so just going to did he <coughs> specify a particular type of format? Uh, no, uh, AFL fantasy. So I'm going to assume right, so classic that that is classic for the salary first cap, part, and yeah. then keeper for the second part. All right. So uh, salary cap Tigers, Dusty. Just, I, yeah, obviously Dusty. Um, I, I mean Brandon Ellis has some value, uh, mm-hmm. especially as a defender, because mm-hmm. he has the ability to rack up. Uh, Kane Lambert's an interesting one. Because yeah. Kane Lambert... He had a great patch last year. A average 85.6 from 17 games last year. Yeah. And the, the full <coughs> line, there are not as many options as we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'd be a point of difference as well. Yeah. Basher Hawley's a, a point of difference who does score pretty well as a defender. Yeah, I think there's better options, but he's fairly safe. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty, when he's actually playing, when he's not injured, he, yeah. he does score I quite mean, he well. has the odd shocker of a game, but for the most part, he's fairly safe. Yep. But let, let me just uh, jump in as well and say, Magnus, uh, I, I know how you feel because I'm a big West Coast fan. We've got Matt on the other side. He's a big Fremantle fan. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to get drawn down the line of selecting too many of your players from your team yep. just because they're in your team. West Coast has been an awful fantasy side for years. <laughs> I mean, in the past decade, I realistically think that Dean Cox, uh, Matt Pritis, Andrew Gaff, probably the Shuey in draft leagues. At times. Um, but... Uh, that's really it. Realistically, that's that's it. We're only starting to get a few more now because of these youngsters that are coming in this year. Um, Fremantle's been a bit shocking occasionally, but yeah, we haven't. I mean, I don't. I, the thing is, I don't trust many Freo players to yeah, score well. So that's the worry. Um, and uh, don't select players just because they're uh, from the team that you support. Um, that that's what we want to bore down to here. It's. Yep. It's better to actually uh, step away from uh, from supporting your own team and just look at the numbers. Just look at who you think is going to be best 22 for their own team. Yep. Uh, other than the ones we've mentioned, though, that's probably about it for salary cap. Yep. Maybe Nankervis? Nankervis I don't mind for draft leagues because he is their number one ruckman. Yep. Um, but Richmond is that very team uh, team play orientation. Mm-hmm. They they really spread out the scoring. Um, you know, players like Cochin, you know, he's a good player. Very, very good player, but in terms of fantasy, he doesn't particularly average that well. It's 95. Yeah, and I mean, he's a depth drafter. Mm-hmm. That's probably... Yeah, I, I wouldn't be else. looking at him in salary counts, no, to be I'm honest. Not either. Uh, but Dusty Martin, I mean, jump on him. He's, yeah. he's absolute gold. Uh, second part of the question, he's in the Startup Keeper League looking at taking Jack Higgins possibly in the top 100. No. Yeah, that's a pass from me as well. No. And oh, both of us really like Jack Higgins. Oh, yeah, we're, we're huge Jack Higgins fans, and... The, the reason for that is because this is a startup keeper league, you should be taking guys like, you know, who have already played a couple of years and are starting to get established, like 
uh, Jake Hoppers, um, Fiorini, uh, Fiorini, uh, Parrish, Parrish, um, you know, all these sorts Clayton of guys, Clayton Oliver, and even then you've also got young rookies like Andrew Brayshaw, Luke Davis, Uniaki from the this year. actually be playing this year. Cam Rayner, who in a keeper league you can hold on to and he's your prospective pick. Yeah. And it was the top 100 <coughs> picks, wasn't it? Yeah. Realistically, top 100 picks, you're yeah. probably not looking at many rookies at all at that point. No, your top 50 should be the top 50 in the league, essentially. You've got a lot of great midfielders out there who are still young. I mean, obviously, Tom Mitchell's got to be your first pick. Uh, Max Gorn is still young as Ruckman. Uh, there's a lot of good like defenders, uh, forwards out there. Like, um, And the other thing, if you're starting a keeper league for the very first year, you mm. almost don't worry about age, Yeah, which is a mistake that I made when we started ours up. I worried a little bit too much about age. Mm-hmm. But you almost just draft normally with a bit more emphasis on it, with a small amount of yeah. emphasis on age. So, like, for example, you might take uh, Luke Parker ahead of Josh Kennedy mm. uh, from the Swans just because Luke Parker is significantly younger than JPK. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Um, the only reason that I would maybe consider Jack Higgins, and it wouldn't be in the top 100, mm-hmm. it would be towards the very end of the draft, is if you have a lot of Tigers fans in your league. Yeah. And you, you, you are dead set that you want him, and you're worried someone else is going to take him. Gotcha. Or you want to use him as bargaining bait. Mm-hmm. But that relies on the fact that someone else is going to want him. And he's going to give something up for him, and he's going to, and/or he's going to play enough games to actually attract any attention. So yeah. that's probably the only situation that I'd consider it. Yeah, I'm on board with that 100. Um, so uh, hopefully that helped out, Magnus. We're going to move on. We've got a question in from Brody uh, saying, "I think the rookie mids are easily the best for AFL fantasy. How many on the ground is too many?" Uh, so AFL rookie mids have playing them on the ground. It's tricky because I've gone a massive guns and rooks strategy this year where yeah. I'm playing six uh, premium, like they're going to be in the, my team at the end of the year. So I've got uh, I've got Josh Kelly, I've got Dusty Martin, I've got Tom Mitchell, Zach Merritt, um, Fife, and Matt Crouch. Yeah. And they're all in my starting team because mm-hmm. last year I had a lot of mid-prices, went mid-price are crazy, it burnt me big time. So I think there's two ways you can approach this. You mm-hmm. can do what you've done yep. and go very heavy on the premium midfielders, mm-hmm. in which case you probably only have enough money left for rookies to fill those remaining spots on the field. So you've got two spots on your field or maybe three spots on your field. Yep. Or because the midfield is where the rookies are, you load up on the other lines and you have a few more midfield rookies playing on the field. Yep. I'm probably <laughs> half and half in between myself. Mm-hmm. You've obviously gone the... Premium mids. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's probably... It's just where you want to spend your cash, where you think you're going to get the best bang for your buck. Yeah, I if, if, to put a number on it, Brody, I wouldn't have more than five rookies in my midfield starting line. So that means three on the, on the field. Yeah, and that's assuming that you've spent basically all your money upgrading your other lines. Yeah, because I... I mean, don't get me wrong, I completely agree with you. The rookie mids at the moment are definitely the best rookie rookies out there, so they're going to make you the most money. But by the same token... Your premium mids is where you'll score the most points. Exactly. So uh, you're going to really hamper yourself in terms of scoring at the start of the year. And you may come home with a with a bang. It may be too little, too late though. But and, and rookies are always hard to gamble on that way. Um, so we've actually got another one in from Brody as well. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, saying, I'm in a keeper league and I was just offered Hunter Clark for Ryan Clark. Uh, which Clark should I take and why? 
Well, can I confirm this is actually a real question? This is, I don't think this is a real question at all. This is, so Brody is a friend of the podcast and he's actually been in a co-hosted with me a couple of times Mm -hmm. last year and he is in our Keeper League. So you own Hunter Clark. I, well, I, yeah, I, I, nobody owns Hunter Clark. He was dropped. We haven't had our draft this year. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking, uh, Lucky Hunter. And Ryan Clark is, is undrafted at the moment as well. So you own neither of these. All right. So Hunter Clark versus Ryan Clark. All right. Just, I'll let you answer this because last week I answered the one for you. You did. You did. So if I was to choose between those two right now, I would take Ryan Clark. Ooh, big call. I know you love Hunter Clark. I love Hunter Clark, but. Ryan Clark is going to step into your side right away, and he is going to score very well. I, like I said, he is my breakout player call for the year. Right. And if he keeps that role, I think he could keep that up for his career as well. He could average around about mid-80s, maybe even like not around about 90 for his career. And to keep have that in a keeper league where you are keeping these players year after year, it, it's gold. It's, right. Well, I'm glad you're being consistent with last week at least. Mm. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I love Hunter Clark as well, and they would be very, very close for me in terms of where I would take them in a draft. So I, I think that's a bit of uh, information fishing for Brody there for, our, for, our, draft for our keeper draft on the weekend. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, this is from uh, from Ryan, Hin, uh, Ryan Hinchy, and uh, he's asking, with Vardy looking like he's going to be out for a month and Nick Nat very unlikely, does Lysett become the answer to our second ruck dilemma behind Gorn? Um, yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. I've got him in my team right now. So I don't at the moment, but I'm considering it. It's He's cheap. Uh, if Nick Nat's not there, and even if Nick Nat's there, actually, he'll be in off very little game time, so he'll be played as a X-factor forward for a fair amount Probably, of it. Probably, yeah. And so, how much is Lysette worth? I think he's about the same as Nick Nat is. I think he's just a little bit less, like 10k less or something yeah. like that. So you'd think he'll make money. Yeah. And if need be, you can trade him out once Nick Nat's good. Yeah, no issue with that. Because if Nick Nat's not in and Vardy's not in, his ruck partner is going to be McInnes. And McInnes ain't mm. going to be taking up too much ruck time. No. So, I absolutely agree, right? That's that's a great call. So, he's in my side and definitely keep him in yours if you popped him in. Um, he's also asked, which popular player in either draft or classic are you avoiding at all costs? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. We actually talked about a couple. Um on the uh, the podcast earlier, uh, like Cam Rayner. Yes. He's actually, and I, I actually saw this tweet come through earlier today, and I just wanted to check at some of the percentages, because mm-hmm. uh, Cam Rayner is still owned by 36.2% of the comp. Mm, that is that is ridiculous. That's too much. He's, uh, stay away from Cam Rayner. Just, just don't stay away from, uh, just, just don't pick we him covered up. It earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, uh, Tom Rockliffe is another one. Yeah, this is a big debate, actually, mm-hmm. isn't it? Whether you start with Rocky. I, I just don't. I'm going to say something controversial. Mm-hmm. He has not been in my side all preseason. He's never once been in my side. I've never even thought about it because he's gone into a packed midfield at Port. You um, don't know what his role is going to be yet. And he's had an injury-interrupted preseason. Early call, Ollie Wines will outscore Tom Rockliffe at the end of the year in terms of our That's a very big call. That's a big call, but I'm making that call right here. Uh, you made um, it first here. Yeah, I, I think that Ollie Wines will outscore Tom Rockliffe by the end of the year. Uh, so, for me, he's not worth the price tag that he's at now mm-hmm. uh, in terms of salary. And in draft leagues, I'm not staying away from him at all costs. But mm-hmm. in terms of people taking him... I, you're I'm, hoping someone else is going to spend a pick on him. Yeah, exactly. First. Like we, re- we really respect the uh, Dream Team Talk boys here. We've grown mm-hmm. up reading all their stuff and listening to their podcasts as well. But, you know, in their uh, draft boards, they've got Tom Rockliffe at 3, 4, 5 or something like that. 
he's too n- high for him. He's not worth it there. There's a lot better players around about that. Um, so yeah, that's that's another one. I, I know this is controversial because you, I think you've got him in your team at the moment, but I'm staying the hell away from Angus Brayshaw. I yeah okay. I just it's nothing to do with his scoring ability because we know what he can do when he's on mm-hmm. the park. If he gets one more concussion, that's that's him out for probably a month, two months, mm. just while they put him in cotton wool. Yep. And if he gets another couple of concussions this year, that might be a career. Yeah. And concussions aren't... It's it's something that's very hard to train out of you because he's a... He's a, a go-and-get-it guy. Exactly. Put down, get in the hole, get the ball. And it, it can happen just like that. There's no... Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's not like a soft tissue injury that you're predisposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you've torn your hamstring once, the percentage goes up and up and up. Um, this could happen, uh, you know, once or twice this year. It could not happen again for another six, seven. Years. And the same impact can one day cause one, and the next day not cause one. Exactly. It's there's a lot of grey area in there, and that's my worry. I just I, I can't bring myself to pick Angus Brayshaw because he's owned by about twenty percent of the comp, and, and I am one of them at the moment. Yeah. And going back to Tom Rockliffe, he's owned by twenty percent of the competition too, mm. still. So one in five, I've got him picked. Um, another one which we talked about, and it's the biggest one: Sam Menegola. Staying the hell yeah. away from Sam Manigal. Agreed. We covered this one already yeah, yeah. as well. But just to split it up in draft leagues and in salary. Like, I wouldn't mm. look at pitting, picking Sam Manigola until well after some of the other top line forwards. Yep. So, Jack Billings, Buddy Franklin, you know, all those guys. Those guys. Um, yeah, so we'll move on from that uh, question from Ryan. And we've got another question actually through from Nick. Uh, this doesn't seem like a legit question. This is. Uh, he's asking for dating advice, and I swear we had a dating advice question last week as well. Yeah, um, I my, think I answered that one as well. Yeah, you I think you did. This one. My girlfriend's favorite player is Shuey. Should I duck out of this relationship? Ha, good pun. No, that's a terrible <laughs> pun, Nick. Um, yeah, you're very close to losing your friend of the podcast status because that's, that's A, awful, and B, you should just be glad that your girlfriend is a AFL fan. And an evil supporter. There we from go. Your perspective. Exactly. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, we'll move on to a question from Peter, and he's like your dating advice question was a lot easier than mine. It really was. I can't remember what yours was last week. It was stringer related, I think. I feel like from a <laughs> AFL fantasy podcast perspective, we shouldn't be giving out dating advice in any way. Oh yeah, definitely not us. <laughs> definitely not us. Don't um, trust our dating <laughs> advice. So we'll um, we'll move on to Peter's question, and Peter's asked. What second Ruckman choice would you pick for a backup in a draft league? A split this up into two as well. Okay. Um, and also, uh, who would your top five midfielders under 700k be that you could rely on? All right, so we'll do the Ruck first. Oh, and he's given us a great podcast as well. Good on oh, you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate that, I think that's our first public um, endorsement. Yeah, I'm waiting for the public shamings to come at some point. Yeah, but I'm sure they will. Good on you, Pete, mate. Um, so has he said how many teams there are in the draft or how many Rucks they're playing in the no, draft? No, it, it would be handy if you guys actually uh, are sending through a question, if you could just sort of specify how, uh, how many teams you're looking at roughly, how deep your teams go as well. Do you have 29 players? Do you have... Uh, 25, you know, yeah. some so, drafts are really small, 15-player teams or something like yeah. that. So for the sake of argument, we'll go <laughs> 10 teams? Yeah, 10 teams. And you're only playing one rock. Yeah, exactly. So right. your backup is your second rock. Okay. Is that um, fair? Yeah, so you, yep, definitely. Uh, so who would be, if you were just playing one rock and you had to put one rock on the interchange, how would you do that? Um, so the obvious 
and probably easy answer is to handcuff them if it's someone that has a clear understudy or backup. Definitely. So handcuffing so, is, is the best method. Yeah. So if you've got, say, a longer, you get your, your hickey as your backup. If um, it's, what's a good example? Uh, if it's Jared Witts, you get Tom Nichols as your backup. Yes. If it's uh, Stephen Sanderlands, Darcy. Darcy. Although Sanderlands is arguably not a top 10 yeah, exactly. anymore anyway. Yeah, true, true. But if you picked up Nick Nat somewhere, you get Lysett. Yeah. Uh, maybe you even take Lysett first and get Nick Nat later. Yeah. So that's the obvious answer. Yeah. Um, if your number one guy isn't someone that has a clear backup or protege. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for in terms of guys that have, uh, uh, we were having a look at earlier... Jeez, uh, it's it's really hard for Ruckman because players that are going to really slip are the ones like Lewenberger, who God knows if he's even the number one Ruckman I there with Tom Bell Chambers. Don't know. I, I mean, don't know. I mean, they're a handcuffing pair. They're definitely a handcuffing pair. They, they're going to be available way down the draft uh, yeah. ladder, so you could wait, take Lewenberger, and then take Bell Chambers as your last pick almost. Probably could. Um, players like Ben McAvoy, you know, he tends to slip oh, yeah. quite a way down. He's not front of mind, but... He, he scored amazingly well last mm-hmm. year from memory. Yeah. Uh, another good handcuffing pair would be Todd Goldstein and Braden Pruce. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's our, our advice there. But um, Does McAvoy has Segler, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Segler was not too shabby when he was playing a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's coming back from an ACL, so yeah. we're not sure exactly what he's going to be like. But he wasn't too shabby. <clears throat> yeah, so um, it's really tough with Ruckman this year. But we would just really... We're, uh, we're, recommend handcuffing your rucks. Yeah, we're almost in a bit of a transitional phase with Ruckman. We're waiting for that next level to step up. So yeah. when Darcy especially, I think he's going to be the mm. guy that, like Dean Cox, like Aaron Sanderlands, everyone owns in the next couple of years. Just that's your Probably first guy. Sean picked. Darcy? Sean Darcy. Cameron. Da- Sean Darcy, not Darcy Cameron. He, yeah. he hasn't shown enough yet to, to yeah. say that he can do that. Cool. Um, uh, great. So the second part of Peter's question was, who are your top five midfielders under 700K that you could rely on? And we, I'm going to assume that this is in salary cap, obviously, considering well, it's, it's $700. It's a dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but under 700 Yeah, and top five that you could rely on. We so have... we're going for reliance over um, a less reliable guy with a high ceiling. Yeah. I we, we had a little bit of a look at some of the midfielders under 700 k mm-hmm. uh, And the best ones that we can find are only just under that mark. So. Yeah. The ones that we put together so, were... Do you want me to read them out? Yeah, yeah. We're talking for. Luke Shuey mm-hmm. at 696,000. Yep. Luke Parker at 693,000. Mm-hmm. Patrick Cripps at 692,000. Mm-hmm. Um, Nat Fife at 686,000. Yep. Stephen Canelio, mm-hmm. 663,000. Um, actually, those are five. From, yeah, those probably are probably five. my top five, to be honest. Because and if you want a wild card, I'll throw in Aaron Hall at 690,000. Yeah, I'll throw in Aaron Hall and also Jack Redden later on because he's. Yeah. if you're looking for someone under 700K, you're probably strapped for cash, which means that he's going to be that mid-pricer and maybe give you a little bit more money to spend somewhere else in your lines. Yeah. Um, but if I was to rank those guys, the five that we talked about, the big five, uh, I would put uh, Nat Five first for me. All right, my first is probably... Maybe Parker. I know Parker or Shuey. Yeah, because Shuey, I have big raps on this year. He had a great finals year last year, and I think he'll step up. But for me, I reckon I would go uh, Nat Fife, Parker, and Cripps ahead of him um, in terms of where I would rank them. Because uh, Cripps is just going to be a beast this year, I think, coming back from injury. Um, mm-hmm. Parker should have an up year this year. I don't think he's going to be quite as poor as last. Sydney are really... Yeah, they're, 
particularly when it was out to start the beginning of the year. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, I'm probably going Parker, Shui, Fife, Crips, and Camellia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love all of those guys. If you want to bring one of them into your team just because you're, you're strapped for cash and you're looking for someone who is a POD, will consistently score well, yeah. I reckon they're a great And I think there. they're all going to, there's all upside. All yeah. of them have upside. So if you want to use them as a stepping stone at some point, then you probably can. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, so we've got one more question uh, to go. Uh, and it's, I think we've actually covered this off, actually. Oh, in fact, we have. So it's from Kieran, and that is, yay or nay on Rocky with no preseason games under his belt? Pretty hot debate at the minute. And, yeah, I mean, we've had that debate already. So I, I wouldn't be touching Rockliffe at the moment. Having said that, if you do want to, he does have the runs on the board. Yep. He's shown that when he plays forward, he can kick goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but his scoring really is hurt. His scoring is hurt a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, I, we're just not sure what his role's going to be at Port. Mm-hmm. So, for me, he's one of those players that, at the very, very worst, in salary caps in particular, you can leave him, and if he ends up going 130, 120 in the first couple of weeks, just pick him up. He's only going to go up an extra 25, 30K or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, what are you losing out on there? Um, yep. It's better to be safe than sorry with Tom Rockliffe, I reckon. But that's uh, that's all the questions we have for this week. So Excellent. thanks, everyone, for sending them in. And keep them coming for next week. We'll, uh, we'll be in the studio next Monday night. Mm-hmm. And like we said, definitely keep an eye out as well for a, uh, a bonus podcast where we'll be talking about some of the younger players, the rookies out there, particularly yep. for your, your keeper leagues and your draft leagues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, have a great night, everyone. Hopefully you're... Uh, your players and your team gets up for the uh, round two JLT games and we'll see you next week.